Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, let me say welcome to you on Christmas Eve and Merry Christmas to you. I hope that um, your Christmas season has been enjoyable so far. Sometimes we know, as we saw earlier in the video, it can get pretty hectic. Uh, But there's a lot of cool stuff happens at Christmas, isn't there? Uh, A lot of things that encourage us and and, uh, sometimes that challenge us. Um, But like tonight, from time to time we stop and focus on Christ. And that's always refreshing, isn't it? You know, if to, to, to come away from the, the busyness and the craziness of the world around us, even at good things like Christmas, to um, focus in on Christ and his coming into our world and, and what that means to us. Well, tonight I just want to spend a few minutes and talk to you about just one part of one verse in the story that we read. The angel shows up to the shepherds and tells them, you know, you need to rejoice, have good tidings, a great joy, which are going to be to all people. And then he says this, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, when God gave us the scriptures, he, it wasn't, you know, happenstance that we have the scriptures that we do. The Bible's very clear that, that the Holy Spirit came and moved in the hearts and minds of those people who were writing and moved them to write exactly what God wanted and to not write anything that God did not want written. And he used them in their own vocabularies and, and, and led them to write the scripture. And so we know that what Luke has to tell us is accurate and true because God is the one who moved him to write it. Now, he records the words of the angel. And do you think the angel was ad-libbing? You think? No, I don't think so. God gave the angel this assignment. Okay, you, you need to show up and talk to the shepherds and you need to tell them these things. And so he wasn't, you know, cracking jokes or, I mean, he's saying what God told him to say. And he says, for unto you is born, what's the next two words? This day. And he goes on and tells them about the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. But this day. It was no accident that the angel said this day, nor is it an accident that it ended up recorded for us in our scripture. The words this day matter. And there's an awfully lot that we can take away from those two simple words. And see, the idea of this day is very, very significant when it comes to the birth of Christ. Because God had given, actually, if we want to step back, you think all of human history did what? had come down to this point. For in the very beginning, Adam and Eve sinned against God and God promised, I'm going to send you a savior. He promised them that. 4,000 years go by and and God has worked all all of history, where people were, where they lived, when they lived, the decisions and choices that they made. He brought all those things together and, and, and he had given prophecies about what was going to happen. He brought all those things together to fulfill those prophecies. And it happens on, it, it begins anyway on this day. All of it coming together. 
And so this day, extremely significant for the Son of God. Just very much like D-Day, if you think about D-Day back in World War II, I mean, there was a tremendous amount of preparation going into uh, the invasion there in Europe to, to try to recapture Europe. All the plane that went before that, and then the boats in the water, and the men in the boats, and headed toward the beach. And then finally, they hit the beach, do battle, and establish a, a beach hole right there. Now, there's still a lot of work left to be done. Right? The rest of Europe had to be taken and recaptured. Well, very much like that for the Son of God. Because all these plans made, everything coming together. And, and then we have him conceived uh, by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. And now on this day, he is actually born. He appears and he's, in essence, taken the beachhead from which he will then go on and accomplish everything else that still needed to be accomplished. So very significant for the Son of God. Very significant for Mary and Joseph. Uh, you know, traveling, uh, expecting a child, and then having the child born in those unique circumstances that we read about. Very significant for them. Very significant for the angels. For like, I, I think I mentioned this last Sunday that we don't have records anywhere else in the Bible where all these angels show up and do their thing. And actually I should step back because we do have an indication that when God created everything that the angels sang for joy. But we don't know that they you know, entered the world to do that. So on this day, very special for them, an assignment that they had to fulfill. Very special day for the shepherds this day. Very significant to them because, as I mentioned before, they were nobodies in that culture. But now they're somebody because God chose to tell them. And then they told everybody else and everybody else listened to them now. And so for the whole world, very significant, isn't it? But this day, the angel says, this day, and I just want to talk to you about that concept of this day. Now, do you realize that this day is the only day we ever have to live? This day, think about it, this day is the only day we ever have to live. Can we go back to yesterday and live there? We can't, we can't go back. Can we skip forward and, and live tomorrow or the next day? No, we can only live when? This day. This day. And so we can't, it becomes very, very significant because anything you will ever do will be done on this day. And I understand there's yesterday and there's tomorrow, but here we are this day. You have never been anywhere but what? This day. And so this day is unique. When we talk about this day, it's unique. There has never been a day quite like this day, and there will never be another day quite like this day. This day is unique and brings to it uh, special things that we only get to experience and respond to on this day. And we need to learn to take advantage of that. Now, think about this. So um, would you say that this day is unique amongst all the Christmas Eves you've ever experienced? Was it? unless you lived in Florida or something. I mean, up here, right? I mean, some of you are here tonight in shorts. I saw it with my own eyes, okay? Um, we have, like, we'll have 22 people over 
by tomorrow afternoon in the house. And, and we do a big late day breakfast. We're kind of like McDonald's. We serve breakfast all day. And so um, with that many people, we, I cooked up about five pounds of bacon. You know what your house smells like when you cook five pounds of bacon? It smells good for a while. And later it doesn't smell so good, right? And the next morning it's just... So we usually try to cook it a day ahead and try to get the house aired out and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I did today? I took my electric skillet out on the deck, extension cord, and I cooked five pounds of bacon on the deck today. Because it was nice and warm and the house doesn't smell bad or anything. But see... That's a silly thing, but it's unique to this day. And there are things that come along all the time like the things that are unique to this day. Not always like, you know, big different things like weather, but things that are, they may be small things. But they're things that only come to you on this day. Now, you might be here saying that, you know, well, it seems like most of my days are the same. Well, how many of you have ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? Okay. Uh, it's an interesting movie to, to uh, think about. For this guy, uh, the character played by Bill, Bill Murray wakes up every day, day after day, and it is February 2nd again. It is Groundhog Day again. He wakes up, he hears the radio, the same thing on the radio, same thing's happening. But listen, even in that situation, what this character learns to do is to respond differently. And the day goes differently. Because he's still able to make it unique. And those, your, your life may be, seem to go along pretty much the same, but nonetheless, what you do in it can be unique to that day. And so we need to learn to take advantage of those things that are unique. And, and um, I guess what I want you to see here is that we need to stop seeing feeling like life just happens to us. Sometimes it feels like a way, and sometimes things happen to us in life. But what I want you to think, realize is this day is significant and, and it's unique and that um, I can respond to this day in a way where I am now living my life instead of just having life happen to me. Now, the fact that we can only live this day makes this day extremely significant. This day is extremely significant. You see, in this day, you and I will make a decision about how we are gonna to respond to what happened yesterday, what happened in our past. You see, our past has zero control over us. I mean, can the past come forward and get into your life today? No, the past is past. Ah, but what you think about the past this day affects you. What you believe about the past this day affects you. And so this day you will decide whether or not you will waste what happened in the past or whether or not you will learn from it and build upon it. You see, you will, you will think about your past and particularly the things that may have been hard or, or and just maybe bad. And, and you'll think about, so today, this day, I will decide, what do I believe about that? Am I going to believe the lies that my past is telling me? Am I going to believe that, that I am a nobody? Am I going to believe that I don't matter to God or to other people? Will I believe that I am not of value, that I'm not worth saving? Will I believe that there's no hope for me? 
Will I believe all those things based on my past? Or will I choose this day instead to look at my past through the eyes of the word of God and discover that, wait a minute, I am valuable. I I do matter to God. I am worth loving and saving. God does want good for me. In fact, so much so that he's going to work all of these things together for good in my life. There's hope for me. But when do you make that decision? You make it when? This day. Today. Same thing goes for tomorrow. The next, the tomorrow will be another this day. But on this day, you will decide how you get to begin the day tomorrow. Because the decisions you make today, what you think about today, how you choose to live your life this day, will affect what you wake up tomorrow on another this day. And so again, you can choose to waste this day or you can choose to think wisely about this day and, and live it in such a way that when you get up tomorrow on a, a new this day, that you're starting in a better place. You see, this day is extremely significant. What we believe about it, what we do with it. But even more importantly, this day is eternally significant. Eternally significant. You see, for what we choose to do on this day affects us for all eternity in some way. Because on this day, every one of us has a choice. Every one of us has a choice of whether or not we move toward God or not, or whether we open our hearts to God or not. This day, we determine whether or not we will begin to open the word of God and try to think like God wants us to think or not. And all those things are going to affect the decisions that we make this day. And all these things are going to come back to us for sure when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And so this day is eternally significant. It's not just unique, it's just not significant, it's eternally significant. And so this day we need to make a decision about are we going to draw closer to the Lord? Are we going to move in his direction? Are we going to pull away and resist him and do our own thing? There's a woman named Beverly who I just met last night who really brings this home to me about the eternal significance of this day. Beverly grew up in Worcester. I mean, 80 plus years. And and, uh, a while back she had a stroke. And she lost some of her physical abilities, you know, couldn't do things that she needed to do to take care of herself. She had been living alone. And then she had actually, I should back up, she had moved into um, the house with her, one of her grandsons. It was a great thing. She kind of had like her own little place. And, and yet there was somebody there. And she had the great grandchildren that she could see and, and interact with. And she loved it. And then she had a stroke and lost those abilities. And she had to go to rehab, to a rehabilitation hospital. And she was there for some time. And I don't know for sure how much recovery she made. But then she moved to the Charlton Manor. And she's been there for the past two months. Uh, she's excited. She gets to go home for Christmas. They, they pick her up and take her. Sound like she has a great family, loves her. 
And, but she keeps thinking, hoping she's going to get to go home. And I don't know if she's going to or not. 82 years old now. Well, Life Source uh, Church family members who live in Charlton for the past few years have gone to Charlton Manor at Christmas time. And, and, and sung carols with them and read the Christmas story and very much like we did tonight. And I've had the privilege last year and this year to go be there and be a part of that. And then I get to talk to them about the Christmas story and what it means. And Beverly was there last night. There are probably 16, 18 people in the room. And Beverly's right here sitting at the table next to where I'm talking. And as I talked, I began, we talked about the same verse I'm talking to you about right now. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. I talked about a Savior. Talked to all these, these folks about, you know, why do we need a Savior? And I talked about Adam and Eve and how they'd sinned against God and, and how they had died spiritually deep down inside, separated them from God. And talked about how this had been passed on and down to us and how we've all lived the same way. We've all done our own thing. We've all sinned against God and, and, and separated from him. And this is why we need a Savior. And, and it was really encouraging last night. The Holy Spirit was there with us last night and very much working. Because as I talked about these things, some of them are, you know, they're looking at me and acting. When I talk about why they need a Savior, they're like, yeah, we do need a Savior. Very much aware and seemed to understand what was going on. Beverly very much tracking with me as I talked about these things. And so I went in and I talked about how here we have on Christmas that God sent us Jesus who's going to you know, grow up as a perfect human being, the son of God in human form and die on the cross for us. And as he died on the cross for us, that, that the, God the Father took all of the guilt and penalty for my sins and put it on Jesus and all the guilt and penalty for all of their sins, put it on Jesus. And so Jesus dies there paying the penalty for the sins of the whole world, for all of our sins. And he rises again from the dead three days later. And, and, and I explained to them how the Bible tells us that if we understand that we've sinned against God and how it separated us from him and that Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sins and rose again, and if we will you know, believe that Jesus is who the Bible said he was and that he, you know, he did die for our sins and rise again, believe that, that then they could receive Christ as Savior. They could open up their hearts to him and, and, and receive Christ. And so then I had them all bow their heads you guys who've been here understand how I do that. They all bowed their heads and I just talked to them briefly. And I said, if, if you want to really settle this issue for today, you want to make sure that Jesus is your savior, not just a savior, but your savior. And you, you want to be assured that your sins are forgiven, that you have eternal life, then pray along with me. And I, and I, I prayed with them. And then when we were done praying, I asked, I said, I'd like to pray for you if you just pray to receive Christ. I'd like to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand if you did? And I tell you, there must have been eight people raised their hands. Now, some of them may have already done this before. Some are older. But nonetheless, they all, all of these folks you know, that raised their hands had moved toward God. And I'm convinced that some of them genuinely received Christ as Savior. Because that's what God does. But Beverly listening, the whole time tracking with me. When I asked for a show of hands, Beverly raises her hand. 
And so then I had them look up and I talked to them a little longer and I said, let me tell you what happened when you receive Christ as Savior. I said, at that moment, every one of your sins, because remember Jesus died for all of your sins, all the ones you've ever committed, all the ones you ever will commit, he died for all of them. And I, and I was going to continue talking and Beverly quietly interrupted, but loud enough for us to hear and I stopped and she says, well then, we're all clear, right? All clear. Uh, you may or may not know what that phrase means. All clear means the danger's passed, right? If there's a tornado warning and you head for the, for the cellar, when the tornado's gone, you say it's all clear. The danger is gone. But she looked at me, locked on me, and she said, well, then that means we're all clear. I said, yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> we are all clear because of what Jesus has done for us. And went on, talked a little bit more with them, and then afterwards talked with her for a while, and, and she just was so thankful. My guess is that she had been a religious person growing up. She knew, you know, Bible stuff, stories, but she never really understood that Jesus had died to pay for all her sins and that she could have a personal relationship with him so that everything is now all clear. What an eternally significant this day for Beverly. Would you agree? What an eternally significant day for me to, to be able to just tell these folks, here's what Jesus did for you, and to, to be a part of that. This day is eternally significant. And so we want to choose wisely what we do with it how we live it. And it may be that you're here tonight and you need that same eternally significant thing to happen in your life that happened in Beverly's life. You, like Beverly, just need to understand that you've sinned against a holy God and your sins have separated you from him. And if you die in that condition, you'll be separated from him forever in a place that we call hell. But God loved you so much that he sent his son into the world. And we read about him coming into the world on Christmas Day. To live a sinless life, to die on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, rising again from the dead, showing that he, he accomplished what he came to accomplish. And God says to you that if you understand that, that you've sinned against him and you believe Jesus who the Bible said he is and that he did what the Bible said he did, dying for your sins, rising again, that you can settle the issue once and for all and receive Christ as Savior. But what an eternally significant this day could be for you. Tell us this, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes for just a little bit. If you're here and hearing this story and, and hearing me talk about afterwards and receiving Christ, if you'd say, you know, I, I really, I want to do that. I want to be sure that Jesus is my Savior. I want to know that my sins are forgiven and that I have eternal life. I want to settle that. Right here tonight, you can do that. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray along with me. Talk to God. And you can do it silently. You don't have to do it 
out loud, God knows what's going on in your heart and mind. And so if you want to do that, if you want to settle this issue once and for all and receive Christ as Savior, right now, pray along with me in your heart and mind to God. Say, God, I know that I have sinned against you. I know that my sins have separated me from you. I know that my sins will separate me from you forever in hell if I die like this. I believe Jesus died for my sins. And I believe he rose again from the dead. And right now, the very best I know how to do this, I receive Christ as Savior. I put my trust in him and what he did to provide forgiveness for my sins. I open up my life to God and I I accept his gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Amen. Now heads bowed, eyes closed. I wanna give you the same opportunity I gave those folks last night. I'd like to pray for you. If you just prayed to receive Christ as Savior, I wanna pray for you. So I'm gonna ask you in just a moment to show your hand, to raise your hand and let me see if you prayed with me so I'll know to pray for you. If you just prayed with me to receive Christ as Savior right now, would you just lift your hand and indicate to me, yes, I see that hand, yes, I see that hand, I see that one back there, yes. Others? Thank you. Father, thank you for these folks who, who prayed, Lord, and, and opened themselves up to you and received your Son as Savior. I pray, Lord, you'd make it very real to them. And, and I pray, Father, that, that you'll work in their lives, uh, that they will uh, make decisions to to get connected with uh, a church, whether ours or someplace, Lord, and, and learn the Bible and learn what you say and how to live their lives as Christians. But I pray, if nothing else, Father, on this day, they will know that they have received your Son as Savior, that they have eternal life now. So please encourage them in that, Father. Thank you that they did this tonight. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.